So it's like your birthday weekend? I know. Or are you considering next weekend your birthday weekend? Because what, your birthday's on, it's a Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. So it, it could go either way. It could. Um, it's low-key no matter what this weekend. Yeah. It's kind of, um, it's also, okay, so s- Sunday is my uh, one-year anniversary with Anna. So oh, nice. So we're kind of lumping a birthday anniversary thing, you know, just kind of chilling at home, having dinner mm-hmm. um, on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, for my birthday, I'm, I'm not really doing anything. I decided <laughs> that I wasn't going to, like, really work. I worked last nice. year on my birthday, and it kind of sucked shit, like, real bad. Yeah. So... <laughs> This, this year I was just like, eh, I just got a promotion. Like, my birthday's in the middle of the fucking week. Why not just, like, sleep in and chill at home all day? Right. So. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I don't know what I'm going to do next weekend. I'm pretty sure I've got, like, I don't know. I feel like I have something that I have to do. <laughs> but I forgot <laughs> if, if I do have anything. Um, so nothing And this important. year you're turning, are you turning 29? Yes. Oh shit, getting that much closer to the big 3-0. I know, I wish I was turning 30. I can't fucking wait to hit my 30s. I know, I'm sick of feeling like I'm too young to like mingle with my other co-workers because they're all like, you know, in their 40s and then they see me just as this kid that just got out of college. I'm like, bitch, like, ugh, <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, you're... You're, like, you are an adult. Like, you're too old to be hanging out with people who are under 25. But like, right. But you're also too young to be considered an adult by, like, other adults exactly. until you hit 30. It's so fucking shitty. But, exactly. So, yeah. yep. I'm looking forward to it. I hear that people say that their 30s are, like, the best time because, mm-hmm. like, for one, you're not really considered, like, a... a, a like a college kid anymore and then also you don't really have the responsibilities of like a lot of adults where like you know people are well I guess it depends on if you have kids or not right we don't have kids so (laughs) I feel like the 30s are gonna be pretty good um so we'll see yeah I I'm really curious to see what what's gonna happen but in other news you bitch Got ringworm. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. What? I know. I, I really what a change know. of events. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Like, that's all I've been thinking about this morning. Because, like, I did a... I've, like, had this, like, little spot on my arm, and I noticed, like, another one, and, like, I've had them for, like, a week and a half, and they were, like, kind of itchy, and, like, they were starting to grow, and I was like, okay, that's looking, uh-huh, <laughs> and so, like, last night, I did, I sent some pictures to, like, a, a doctor and did, like, a telehealth visit, he's like, yeah, yeah you def- definitely got ringworm, and I was like, Gross. okay, I know, <laughs> so, like, thankfully, uh, I can just use, like, topical, like, cream that I bought at Walmart and it was like eight bucks to to take care of it uh we'll see how that works but like yeah no fucking clue how I got that one I wonder if you could have got it from that little kitty that you saved again (gasps) fuck you are right that is definitely where I had gotten that from (laughs) 
because they're so fucking right. Thank you for that. I have no fucking clue where I got this. Holy shit, you're totally right. That totally came from that goddamn little kitten. That little fucking shit gave me ringworm. God damn it. I know. In exchange for saving it, it's like, here you go. (laughs) Fucking gross. I'm never doing that again. Without sleeves. So gross. Right, yeah. Well... Oh my god, hopefully they find it in the cat, too. I assume they do. They probably do a bunch of tests. Oh, uh, yeah, like they probably, like, shit. load that fucking kitten up with antibiotics and ring yeah. like, antifungal shit. Like, god damn it. <laughs> yep, so that's my story. That, that's your life. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's really better than anything I got. I had such high hopes for this movie because, like, the description made it sound mm-hmm. like something we would be really into, but was disappointed. You thought so. it was that bad? Yeah. I just thought there was going to be more ghost action. Yeah. I, there was... I, I am... That is the most disappointing thing about the movie. But once mm-hmm. I got over that, I... And realize also that it wasn't really a drama thriller. It was a fucking comedy. Yeah. Like, it was completely mislabeled. It was. Like. It was completely mislabeled. Yeah. Once I realized that I was actually watching just, like, a dark comedy, I was like, oh, okay, I can take yeah. it for this and what this right. is. But, I mean, I think we'll definitely have to come back to this at the end. It might be one of my top ones that we've watched, honestly. I liked it more than a no lot of way. the other things that we've watched. No way! Not Nick's performance, okay. just the movie. Okay. Nick's performance, well, I could give less... Like, anybody could have done his his performance. Right. Like, his right. performance was nothing special. But, as a movie, I really liked it. As a movie. Interesting. Yes. Alright, well, uh, let's get into it then. So, I'm Jesse, And I'm Erin. And we're the Cage Queens. Fuck. And uh, the movie that we're talking about this week is <laughs> one that we're so contentious, apparently, uh, <laughs> is Bringing Out the Dead, which came out in 1999. And it's about um, this, like, overworked, uh, fuck, what are they called? Med- like, not a paramedic? Paramedic, is that, yeah. Is that what they are? Like a paramedic. So. Uh, Nick, he plays, uh, fuck, what was the guy's name? It was Frank something. Frank. Yeah, I don't care what his last name was, but his name was Frank, um, and the movie spans uh, three nights, because he works the night shift, where um, you kind of just follow, you know, all the crazy shit that happens, and it just gets progressively mm-hmm. crazier as each night goes, and each night he's working with a different, he has a different partner, so we see different characters, and then we also see a lot of the same characters, because... Um, we see a lot of the same, like, people that they help. They have a lot of regulars that they see, or, um, they keep running into the same characters. And one of them that we meet early on is Mary, who's played by, who's played, (laughs) who's played by Patricia Arquette, uh, who was... Fun fact, married to Nick IRL at this time. Um, not a huge Patricia Arquette fan personally. No. Uh, but uh, she is the daughter of a patient that Nick brings in uh, the first night of these three nights. And 
he keeps running into her at the hospital um, when he goes to bring patients in. And they kind of have a little connection. And he builds these little connections with other people uh, throughout the movie. But <laughs> after, like, partway through the second night or towards the end of the second night, that's when shit gets real fucking weird and wild. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just kind of had a fun time not expecting... Like, I didn't know it was going to happen next. And I think that's what yeah. I enjoyed the most about it. It was, like, just... As soon as things started really fucking going wild, I was it just caught me off guard, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is really fun!" <laughs> so, yeah, and I think part of the reason why some of the stories that we were following were so crazy is because they were uh, night shift paramedics in Manhattan. Oh yeah, and so it was like definitely we got to see some of the like weirdest of the weird of shit, and I think. That job in real life would probably be one of the most interesting jobs because I don't think that they were far off from, like, you know, what paramedics typically see in places like that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, because we just got to see, I mean, there was, like, dark sides to it where we did get to see a lot of poverty, a lot of homelessness, a lot of uh, drug use, and, like, a lot of understaffed hospitals and and so it was just kind of that chaos all of that together we just kind of created this chaos and that contributed to Nick's like not wanting to do this anymore um and I think that was one of like the main themes in the movie was he was just like so tired of dealing with this day-to-day because he felt so haunted like figuratively and literally by the work that he was doing um that he just like he was literally begging his supervisor to fire him so like he wouldn't have to go into work uh when you know i guess he could have quit but like his kind of supervisor guilt tripped him into staying because he's like hey these people need you like go be a hero and he's like fuck (laughs) yeah and then also he was understaffed, like, he didn't have any anybody to, to go out with, like, the one dude that he had, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Nick just felt the need to keep working there even after he said he quit. I know. You swore that you'd fire me if I came in late again. You swore. You swore. <laughs> like, the ghost thing. Um, we, I believe, thought that there were going to be actual ghosts and hauntings. Yes. Um, yes. Seeing as that's what we're actually really into. <laughs> right. But he was really haunted by, like, um, the patients that he lost, as in, like, he can't forget them. He keeps thinking mm-hmm. about them. And one in particular, Rose, he keeps seeing over and over again in the faces of other people on the street and um just and he starts seeing her more and more as he gets like deeper into it and i think he's probably not sleeping at all this whole time Mm -hmm. but like he's just progressively getting uh, more and more sleep deprived and into it and crazy and in his mind rose's ghost was getting closer the first day he was working with his regular partner john goodman (laughs) Ugh, I hate John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he kind of plays a really shitty character. I mean, I guess all of all of them are kind of shitty in their own way. So, yes. like, John Goodman, 
He drops like a racial slur about Chinese um, people. Uh, I'm not gonna repeat it, but like you know, he's just kind of. I mean, it's the '90s, I guess. I'm just gonna say it's the '90s, but like, uh, he doesn't. He's kind of like overweight and doesn't really want to do his job. Um, and they don't do a whole lot, but we. That is the day when they bring the one guy, Mr. Burke, to the hospital. He had like a heart attack or something like that, and he goes into like a coma at the hospital um so they can keep his organs and brain and what i don't know they they talk talk about it in the movie about why he, it's necessary for this guy to be in a coma but you have to keep the body going until the brain and the heart recover enough to go on their own that's when he also meets mary that's like all that really happens on the first fucking day is that he meets mary yeah they're just establishing relationships really on the first day because Mary and yeah. Mr. Burke and are pretty much like two essential people that we keep coming back to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. I think that kind of going back to what you said earlier, that Mary was Nick's wife in real life. I think that was like one of the biggest shockers to me in this, like in the fun facts. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. Um but he's had, like, what, four wives or something? So, I guess. <laughs> yeah, four or Odds more. Are... Yeah, so I wonder, is she is she the, the mother of any of his kids? I don't think they had kids together. Okay. Uh, and her hair? Oh, God, her hair was awful. It was mm. just awful. <laughs> she had, like, blonde roots that were, like, three inches grown out. And then the rest of her hair was black. It looks so bad. <laughs> it was, like, yeah, it was definitely, like, an... A dye job that had grown out and faded. Yes. And it just yes. did not look good. And I mean, I get that it was for the character. It wasn't a choice that I'm sure Patricia right. Arquette was making personally. But like, oh, God, it was just really gross. It was Her and hair was so gross in this movie. And like, I don't know if they were trying to portray her as like kind of like a junkie or something, but then they had her wardrobe dress up as, like she looked like a grandma the way she dressed because it was like cardigans button all the way up wool skirts i was like what is what is this weird combination <laughs> i think that's supposed to be her trying to dress like professional and not a junkie like i think mm-hmm. that was the idea but like she has no sense of fashion because she was a junkie for so long probably and then also she probably has no money right on top of that to buy like decent clothes and I don't think we ever find out what she does, like, for work, either. No, but she she's, like, a very compassionate person. Because there's what this one guy named Noel, and he's, like, another character that we keep coming back to where he is kind of this... He has some sort of, like, mental health issues. And mm-hmm. he is... Uh, I think he's homeless. He's associated with, like... He does drugs and something, and so he's kind of one of those that is always going, like, nuts on the streets and that they always have to, like, kind of reel back in. And, like, when we first see him, he's kind of, like, tied down into a hospital bed, and he's kind of having these, like, illusions or something that he needs to get all this... He needs water because he's, like, thinking he's in, like, the desert or something that he's, like, really thirsty, but if they give him more water, then he's going to, like... I don't know, his organs are going to burst or something. 
And then she's like, ugh, I hate seeing them tie him down like that. Ugh, he just needs water. Like, and she's just, like, always trying to help him out. And she's like, that's my friend. Like, he needs more help than what they're giving him and blah, blah, blah. So we kind of see that she cares about people. Yeah, she gives a fuck about people, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Her character is actually not a, not a fan of her. No, me neither. I just need a drink. <laughs> the second day that Nick goes to work, um, or the second night, technically, because it's the night shift, his partner that night is none other than Ving Rhames. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my favorite. That he was my favorite character. I loved Marcus. He yeah. was just this very like witty, soulful, like black man with a mustache. He was so fucking cool. And he was just like flirting with the dispatcher all night, like getting his game on. And he was just like so I don't know, he was definitely my favorite. He was one of my favorites too. I loved his scene. So the did mm-hmm. you know that the dispatcher was Queen Latifah? Really? <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Six too young, I don't have time for your game. That's pretty cool. That's a fun fact. I heard, I think I also read there because there's a female uh dispatcher and then there's also a male dispatcher, and I read that the male dispatcher was the voice of I think it was the guy because this movie was based on a book that was written by an actual paramedic, uh I think in mm-hmm. New York or something, and that he, his voice was also the male dispatcher. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I I wanted to mention that I bought the book right before I (gasps) sat down to record this. Really? I was thinking about getting the book, because I was like, I think this would be a, a fairly decent book. What is the book called? It's just Bringing Out the Dead. Oh, it's the Um, same thing? Yeah, nice. I think it's by Joe Connolly, right? I think What's so. the guy's name? Um, it's I looked for an audio book format, no such thing. So uh, I had to buy, and I didn't want to buy a digital copy because I don't like reading stuff on my like phone or Kindle yeah. or whatever. I'm not a fan. Um, so I bought a paperback from Barnes and Noble because I'm not nice. going to support the Bezos except for Amazon Prime Bezos. like video because I need yeah. the video. <laughs> Yeah. It's so fucking essential. But I just hate that you can't get, like, separate memberships. Like, you have to get a Prime membership to right. have Prime Video. I know. It's stupid. It is fucking stupid. But, but so is Bezos. Yeah. Anyways. So, <laughs> I just have to say that I bought the book. Well, um, considering that you bought... Because you also bought uh, Birdie. Birdie. Yeah. But that one was a that one was an audiobook, right? Yeah. Oh man, that was a banging audiobook. Yep. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm glad that you're getting the books on the the ones that are memorable. Yeah. I'm hoping this one's a good read. So we'll see. I feel like it will because that kind of seems like a good book that like. There's probably a bunch of little, like, side stories in it that the movie didn't necessarily get to capture everything, and so I think that will be interesting to read about. I'm hoping, because I liked the movie, that I think the book will be better, but... Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. 
Um, but let's go back to <laughs> Ving Rhames, Marcus. Um, my favorite scene is when they go to that nightclub where there's yes. a bunch of like industrial goths who um, were definitely like the the one that's having like a heart attack or cardiac arrest uh, had snorted the red death um, narcotic that's out there on the street, which I think was like heroin mixed with something else. Nobody says what they just say other stuff. Um, but <laughs> when they're trying to get the truth from the kids, um, like, Marcus gets really righteous, and yes. uh, he, he knows um, from Nick that the kid definitely did this red death shit, and um, he tries to get them to confess to having the drugs, and then he tries to find out the kid's name. And uh, one of the other kids says that the, the kid's name is Ibe Bangin. <laughs> What's his name? Ibe Bangin. What you mean, Ibe Bangin? Ibe Bangin. What the hell kind of name is Ibe Bangin? I don't know his real name. It's Frederick Smith. Okay, Freddie. It's Frederick. Okay, Ibe Bangin. <laughs> yes, oh. I love... That was definitely my favorite scene of the entire movie. It was so good. Mm-hmm. And then... So, kind of... In between, they're going to, you know, save people. They're also obviously bringing them to this overcrowded hospital. And Nick keeps going in. When he goes to the hospital, that's where he usually sees Mary and goes and reconnects with Mary. And then he also uh, sees Mr. Burke. And, you know, Mr. Burke, when he first found him, he was dead. Then he came back. They brought him to the hospital. He died. He came back. He died. He came back. It's kind of just this song and dance of, like, bringing him back to life and, like, forcing him to be alive, even though he is in this very, like, vegetable-like state. He can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And But they the family is just, like, not ready to let him go, I guess. Um, and so, at some point, Nick believes that he can start hearing Mr. Burke, and Mr. Burke is telling him, like, don't resuscitate me, like, stop doing this, like, do not put that defibrillator on my chest, like, I don't want to be here anymore, and so Nick kind of has this internal conflict about saving him versus not, because, like, I mean, they keep saying that he coded, like, you know, 11 times a day, 17 times a day, or whatever, so they're putting a lot of effort into trying to keep this guy alive, and Nick's, like, seeing, like, there's this isn't what he would want if he was alive. And I don't know if that's what he was hearing just in his head or if that was just, you know, like what he was interpreting mm-hmm. and what he believed or if it was actually like him, you know, having that connection with that guy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, because it all ha- that happens after he takes the sleeping drugs that like give him that wild, um, hallucination and so yeah it's like he could still be like hallucinating from Mm -hmm. from that um incident because uh the because that the hearing the thoughts thing i think happened on like the third day yeah so like 
on still on the second day, they went to or at the end of the night, that's what it was. At the end of the night, um like the end of their shift, they start drinking in the ambulance <laughs> and Ving Rames is driving and they're just getting lit and excited about taking another call. Or, well, Bing Rames is. Nick doesn't want to take another call. <laughs> and uh, they launch the fucking ambulance <laughs> off of a parked car on the street and, like, roll it. And <sighs> Nick's just like, yep, fucking done. I'm I'm out of here. Peace out. And he just, he just dips. He just walks. And yep. he goes and... Um, think that's when he's going back to the hospital and Mary's walking out and so he goes with Mary who is going to this place called the Oasis where <laughs> <laughs> this guy Cy um like just supplies people with whatever they want to kind of relax or whatever they need to kind of just chill them out and Mary uh, he doesn't, like, Nick doesn't quite know what the fuck she's doing there, but Mary's like, if I'm not out in 15 minutes, like, come get me. And so he goes up after 15 minutes, and she's passed out in a back room sleeping, and Nick's like, um, like, what'd you give her? And Sai's like, I gave her this sleeping shit that you also need to take because you look pretty fucking rough. And <laughs> so Nick's just like, eh, what the hell? And he pops it, and like, falls asleep in the chair and starts hallucinating, but he doesn't really, I don't know what the fuck he does, but, like, he's seeing all sorts of shit. He's, like, pulling people out of the ground, um, which is probably where the title Bringing Out the Dead comes from. Right. But, like, he's probably seeing all the people that he didn't save, and then he has a whole scene where it's he's hallucinating, having a flashback about when he tried to save Rose and he kept putting the um, breathing tube in wrong. He kept putting it down her esophagus instead of her trachea. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the air was going into her stomach and he did that, like, four times. And so, after he fucked up so many times, John Goodman just, you know, did it for him and did it right. But the girl still died. So he blames mm -hmm. himself for it. So, like... Yeah, and then he wakes up, like, fucking screaming and going nuts. Like, yeah. just absolutely wild. And he just, like, busts into that back room, grabs uh, Mary, and just hauls her over his shoulder and takes her back to her place and passes out on her couch. And then it's, like, right after that, he goes back to the hospital the next day, and he mm -hmm. can hear Mr. Burke's thoughts. And, like, and he's seeing more and more people and he's just just so much more like re like on edge i guess yeah 6 a.m the cocktail hour all right so pass the bottle yeah we we also see his character like he's very dependent on alcohol mm -hmm. and coffee which i mean fair you're the night shift yeah. but yeah 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 we start to see his his character is definitely crumbling and then on the third day he works with this other guy what was the other guy's name tom and tom was like an old partner of nick's like yes. way early in his career um i get well, he's only done the job for like five fucking years so i guess <laughs> a few years back um right 
So, like, yeah, his his new partner's Tom, and Tom's kind of a huge asshole. Oh, I hated him the most. <laughs> yeah, such a piece of shit. Like, all he wants to do is fuck shit up and see people die. Like, he wants mm-hmm. people to die for whatever fucking reason. And so they respond to, um, uh, <laughs> they respond to a suicide attempt call. And it's just this, like, homeless guy, um, who, like, kind of slit his wrists, but they get there and his wrists aren't bleeding anymore. And they're talking to him. And, <laughs> uh, Tom's, like, picking on the guy, like, really gullible, puts, like, a thing on his forehead and tells yeah. him that it's, you know, <laughs> so like, sad. that'll make him feel better. Um, but it turns yeah. green to go to the hospital, but it's, like, just all bullshit. And the guy's mm-hmm. super gullible. And then Nick sits down with the guy and tells him that it's, looks at his wrist and tells him that it's the worst suicide attempt he's ever seen. <laughs> and then he's like, you need to cut this way on the, you know, on your artery. And, like, he gives him a knife and, um, yeah. like, just totally flips shit on the dude and, and scares him out. But yeah. They're super dicks. They're super dicks to the homeless people. And yeah. did you see in that scene, too, because they kind of, it was, like, under, it was in a tunnel somewhere where a bunch of, like, homeless people kind of congregate. Mm-hmm. And then in the background, there was just, like, a white horse. I was like, what is this doing there? I see that. <laughs> so, really? I didn't uh, see You should go back. You should go back and watch it. That's all I could look at was that there's just a random ass white horse in the tunnel down there with them. (laughs) Definitely have to see that. Huh. Interesting. Especially since it's only on Amazon Prime Video for the next 11 days. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. After that, they, they go and respond to what they assume is some guy that is jumping off a building Mm -hmm. or something and nick goes up there and it turns out it's the same building the oasis is in and that um kind of the people that were there were all shot one guy tried or the woman was shot uh and then two of the guys tried to jump off the building one guy Lynn on the patio and broke his legs and kind of like the main drug dealer, I guess, tried to jump, but he got, he landed on like this post and just like that stabbed him and was just like, kind of like keeping him dangling on the edge of the building. So he wasn't like, he wasn't trying to jump off. He was just kind of stuck there. And so then, uh, yeah, Nick had to help him out of that. And they're like, just drug deal gone bad or something. And so... Yeah, that was probably my second favorite scene. Yeah, uh, <laughs> because the guy is Sai, the one that gave Nick the pills that helped or that like triggered his hallucinations. So like, uh, Sai is impaled on this like iron fence. Which why would you put that on <laughs> like a building like that? But. You know, it's the 90s. So he's, like, impaled on it, and they have to start cutting him. They have to start cutting the fence, and the fence is going to get hot because the heat's going to, like, heat all the metal. And Nick is standing there holding Sai's head in his hands because Sai's too weak to hold his head up anymore. And Sai's just 
making jokes about his situation <laughs> and watching the sparks fly over New York City and he's just talking about how beautiful it is. And I really enjoyed yeah. that. And then they when the when they finally cut through the metal, <laughs> the whole thing just starts falling and Nick um, because he was holding Sai, was able to catch him, and they pull him back uh, to safety, which was probably just to, you know, arrest him for the drugs. Right. I thought I could make it on the balcony like Tiger, you know. But he's fat. Falls faster, that's why. I'm trying to watch my weight, and look what happens! Yeah, and I guess some of the final scenes, we go back to Noel again, and he's He's out, he's he's wreaking havoc, he's busting the windows out your car. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and then, so Nick and his own douchebag partner, Tom, they go and respond to it, and uh, Noel gets away, and he goes and, like, down to some, like, I don't even know what it is, some, like, it's like a basement, but it's like, it's like I don't know. tunnels or something under the city. Yeah. I don't really know what it was. It's just yeah, some underground space. Pretty much. And then, so Nick's looking for him, but then he starts seeing, you know, he's haunted by Rose again. Mm-hmm. And then the other paramedic finds Noel, and he starts, like, beating the shit out of him with a yeah. baseball bat. And so Nick's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get off of him. And so then they take him back to the hospital and mm-hmm. for like the third time or something because that guy wrecked him, even though uh, I think in the end we find out that he's going to be okay. But kind of when Nick returns to that hospital for the final time, he sees that uh, Mr. Burke was moved into the ICU. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he visits him and again he starts to hear his thoughts and about how he doesn't want to be resuscitated anymore. He doesn't want to live anymore. And so Nick is kind of alone with him. And so like he takes off all of the things that are like, you know, like the breathing tube down his throat, all of the, the heart rate monitors and he puts it on himself. So Mr. Burke has enough time to like actually die Mm -hmm. and then um once nick knows that he's for sure dead then he kind of puts it back onto the guy and then obviously at that point the doctors come rushing in and they first attempt to try to save him and then the doctor's like jesus christ this guy is like dead dead he's (laughs) dead and so yeah he he pronounced him dead and so then nick kind of there was this uh, relief where nick's like wow I killed someone and I actually helped him this time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of, I guess, the resolution at the end. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and he, he, at the very, very, well, after, after Mr. Burke died, my very first thought was their hospital bill for his stay is going to be fucking insane for resuscitating him 17 times and no shit like having him hooked up to all that shit but Mm -hmm. you know do whatever it takes uh so like he goes to tell mary in person that her dad died and um she invites him in and then he falls asleep on her chest 
and like that's the end of the movie that's the final scene we see yeah and it's just like them still like sleeping together or whatever and then like there's this bright light that kind of like it looks like nick is glowing and keeps getting like lighter and lighter and lighter and then the movie fades out i was like whoa Mm -hmm. what is this (laughs) the best drug in the world i think that comparatively this movie was probably better than a lot of the other ones we watched just because I like the theme of it more. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest complaints were that there weren't enough ghost action and that it did seem drawn out. Um, I didn't think it needed to be two hours. There was yeah. definitely some... some Could have cut some corners here and there. Yeah. Probably, yeah. 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 If it, if it was an hour and 30, I think I would have been perfect. Um, for that, to, to capture all that they needed. I did like how there was some, like, dark humor twist mm-hmm. to them. Um, and it, it was definitely a good, good vibes <laughs> from, from this type of movie. The type of, you know, shit that we like, mm-hmm. um, compared to just, like, actions and guns and violence and all that kind of shit that we're used to Nick normally being in. Yeah. So. I feel like that those few movies that we had right in a row of just action really soured like (laughs) the you know the feelings on nick movies for a minute and i i feel like we'll have lots of other different things in this you know well we had i got i can't even remember now i'm like what were the movies that we had already watched (laughs) doesn't matter no there's it's just another different thing that he's done yes. now. And I I think it was actually pretty similar to, like, Vampire's Kiss and Leaving Las Vegas. Kind of like... Yeah. Kind of like a mixture of those two. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, because it had the crazy and then it had the dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which were kind of both of those, those movies. Um, yeah, I think that... Damn, Birdie's number 10. <laughs> looking at our list right now how did that manage to get so damn high um yeah i do really like the the concept of this movie i think that was a good concept to to make a a film about because Mm -hmm. it is just such an interesting world that paramedics live in um so yeah i think it i mean i think it can go pretty high on our list yeah, I mean, I'll let you kind of give me your your uh, I, uh, feelings on that, because I'd put it, like, if I would even, I mean, in these top two categories, like, just top two positions, I'd put it all the way up. <laughs> I would knock Fathoms I... out of the top just for this. Wow. I know. Wow, I'm I impressed. Know. I thought that... This was enough for me to kind of get back into, you know, liking Nick movies. Because <laughs> I feel like I've really started to hate them. Um, let's see. So I was initially thinking, putting it, I think it's better than Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, for sure. I I didn't like it more than Vampire's Kiss. Okay. So I would probably put it under Vampire's Kiss. Um... But I think it's better than, 
I don't even know why Moonstruck is so high. Here. I don't think I don't you know, think let's... Moonstruck's that good. I know you don't. <laughs> uh, how about that? Perfect. All right, so then we changed it so that Vampire's Kiss is now fourth. We're going to put uh, this movie as fifth, and then Moonstruck got bumped down to sixth. All right. Yeah, so I guess we can do whatever we want if we want. Is that a different font? <laughs> I don't know. It kind of looks different. <laughs> it does look different. <laughs> whatever. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I'm just going to ignore it. Um, well, you'll definitely have to let me know about the book and if the book is worth reading. Because I, I was thinking about getting the book. Um, yeah, I'll just, I mean, so according to Barnes & Noble, I won't get it until next Friday. <sighs> but, so, I'll, I'll read it. Oh, man, I don't know how long it's going to take me to read it. I have no <laughs> idea how long this book is. I assume yeah. it's probably pretty short but i'll read it and if it's any good i'll send it to you or i'll send it to you anyways so sweet i wouldn't do that um all right uh so it looks like the next movie that we're watching is a popular one it is gone in 60 seconds released in 2000 and it's described as a retired master car thief must come back to the industry and steal 50 cars with his crew in one night to save his brother's life. And this is the movie with Nick and Angelina Jolie. Yeah. So I did see this movie not that long ago. Maybe like two weeks really? ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Because An- this is one of Anna's favorite movies. Really? <laughs> it's in her... It's- it's the top movie that she enjoys. I'd say it's her favorite Nick movie. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, she owns it on DVD. So <laughs> she was in Lucky the mood you. to watch it. Like, it might have been a week ago even. So, yeah, she was in the mood to watch it. Because this whole time she's like, when you watch that one, I want to be there. I want to watch it with you. And I was like, Yay! are you sure? Because I'm going to be pausing it like a hundred times to write notes. Right. So we ended up watching it. So I watched it for fun first, and now I'm going to have to watch it again <laughs> to take notes. For business. For business. <laughs> well, at least uh, it'll be fresh in your mind. I, I think I've seen this movie before. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know how long ago, but yeah, it's definitely one of the, again, one of his more popular ones that people mm-hmm. kind of know him for. Um, so. Yeah, he's playing we'll see. Memphis Rings. <laughs> uh, this movie's rated PG-13. Yeah. Yeah. I always judge movies that are below R. <laughs> I know. Like, oh no. But I, I'm pretty sure that a lot of movies now are being released as PG-13 because you get a wider audience at PG-13. Yeah. That's true. And that's, like, the age range where people are probably seeing the most movies. It's, like, they're teens before, you know, they're 18, when they can just fucking stream it at home. Right. Like an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's safe to say that this movie had us D-E-D. Dead. (laughs) I didn't kill you.